We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope capital campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good morning, everyone. At daily masses, it's so funny. There's one class of kids in our school that they're, I think their teacher trains them to say that slowly. And so all the, all the kids are like, oh, good morning, Father Brian. And there's one class that's like very deliberate. They're like, good morning, Father Brian. So I'm going to train you to do that today. <laughs> Today I want to talk to you about something. I was, as always, this morning I was reworking my homily and I was reading, there's an old encyclical, it's not that old, from Pope Benedict called Space Alvi. And it just broke my heart open today. And I really want to, today's a, hopefully, it's a little bit of a deeper homily. Uh, and I hope to share with you something that this morning it just renewed my faith. Uh, so hang with me today. I want to start today with an old recycled story about Deacon Daryl's son and myself. And today's homily is about hope. Now you've all seen Shawshank Redemption, uh, and if you haven't, I'm judging you in my heart right now. But if you haven't seen that movie, you really, that is one you have to see. And Shawshank Redemption has so many great lines to it, but one of the best ones is uh, towards the end of the movie, very close to the end, uh, Andy Dufresne has escaped, and he leaves a letter for Red, who is Morgan Freeman. And he has a simple line in there, and he says, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. Hope is a good thing. And yes, maybe the best of things. So when Father John, and forgive me if you've heard this, it's a recycled story, but Father John and I were in Mexico learning Spanish. And as you can tell from all my homilies, I speak perfect Spanish. But we were in Mexico for uh, about six weeks one summer in seminary. And it was kind of a hard summer. Uh, we weren't used to the climate. It was the place we were at. We were in a city called Merida. And the seminary we were in is the strictest place I have ever been in my entire life. Our seminary here in Denver in the United States is, is known as for being kind of a, a more rigorous, disciplined place. And when we got to the seminary in Merida... Father John and I realized that our seminary in Denver is Disneyland. Um, it was literally like 110 degrees the entire six weeks and 100% humidity, and there's so many stories I could tell you. We also had with us Father Nathan Goble, which there are so many stories about him during that time. We'd be here all day. But Father John suffered down there more than the other, the, the rest of us. We, were, we got used to it. My Spanish wasn't great, but I was starting to pick it up. I was starting to get used to the climate. I, 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 the first night there I, on my bed, I swore, I was like, I am sleeping on a radiator. 
I don't know how they made a bed that's a radiator, but they did. So we were there, and Father John just struggled with the language more than the rest of us. And so when you're struggling, and here's what today's homily is about. When you're struggling with something, the best, the most practical thing on the entire earth is hope. There is nothing more practical than hope. If you have hope, you can get through anything. And the more vivid, the more alive, the more powerful and real to you your hope is, if it's not just something vague and ambiguous, the more concrete your hope is, the stronger you will be when you face difficulty. And so what you do is you remember your hope. So at that time, our hope was coming back to Denver. And so halfway through our time in in Merida, Father John, and he had a calendar in his room. And it was so funny. If you know Father John, which a lot of you don't, he is the most social person on planet Earth. And the guys in the seminary in Mexico used to ask us who our quiet friend was. (laughs) And we thought that was the funniest thing ever. And we'll never let him live that down. But he was hoping to come back to Denver. So halfway through, and in Merida, and this is like a sin of America, but, the, but in the middle of Merida, there was a Chili's. And so Father John's solution, and the way he decided to build up his hope, was that he and I were going to go to Chili's at the halfway point of our time in Mexico. And he was so happy. <laughs> it was awesome. We went to Chili's, and he was just like, oh, we're going to make it. We're going to make it through. And it was ironic because he ordered a burger, and he ordered it well done, and it was the rarest thing I have ever seen in my entire life, which was God punishing him for his bad attitude. <laughs> there are so many stories about that time. But what we did to, to strengthen ourselves to make it through that time when we were longing for home was practical. Brothers and sisters, there's nothing more practical for your life than the virtue of hope. Now, what I want you all to do, and I don't, I don't know if you'll do this. You guys surprise me. Sometimes you do. I hope that wasn't, that was so condescending. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope you'll actually do something about your Christian life. Thanks a lot, jerk. Love my pastor. Pope Benedict wrote something, and I know when I say Pope Benedict, you're like, oh, I can never read that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Pope Benedict wrote one of the most profound short things ever. It's called Spesavi. It's an encyclical on hope. And he's quoting Romans 8.24, where St. Paul says that, he says, in hope we were saved. In hope we were saved. So Pope Benedict says this, he says, Redemption is offered to us in the sense that we have been given hope, a trustworthy hope. And by virtue of this hope, we can face our present. The present, even if it is arduous, can be lived and accepted if it leads towards a goal. 
if we can be sure of this goal, and if this goal is great enough to justify the effort of the journey. If your road, last week we talked about your story, and it's very related to this. If your story's going somewhere, you can go through today. I can face my trials today. I can face, if you're going to be a Christian, you will have trials. Right in the letter to Titus, St. Paul says that every Christian, not some, not the people who are in communist China, he says, every Christian who desires to live a good life will be persecuted. If you're going to live a Christian life, right, it's going to be hard. It would be easier to live a worldly life. It would be easier to live for pleasure and for comfort and power. But if you're going to be a Christian, you will choose a harder road than other people. So what I want to, with the time remaining, brothers and sisters, what's our hope? Here's a hint. It's not Chili's. Right? What's our hope? I want to talk with you, and I want you today, I want you to renew your hope in heaven. In the rite of election last week at the 11 a.m. Mass, which is where we, ex- or the rite of acceptance, where the people in RCIA who are going to become Catholic, they make their first step. Last weekend at the 11 a.m. Mass, I asked them, I said, what do you ask of God's church? And they said, we ask faith. And then the priest asks them and says, what does faith offer you? And the answer is eternal life. I believe in eternal life. And I hope for eternal life. And, and here's what Pope Benedict, I'm going to summarize in his encyclical. Here's what he says. He says, maybe you don't really believe in eternal life. And he says, for two, he says, there's this weird thing as human beings. He says, every single one of us is scared of death. And so in one sense, we want eternal life. Because we don't want to die. But on the other side, he says, we're not sure we really want eternal life because when we think of eternal life, we think of one day after another that goes on, right? Remember last week? Forever. From the, maybe I did that with you, maybe not. I don't know. He says, we're not sure we want that. And Lord, I'm not sure I want that. I'm not sure I just want an endless Succession of days. Why would someone want eternal life? And Pope Benedict talks about how that that phrase in Jesus' mouth, it doesn't mean just one day after another. It means a fullness of life. It means a a life that is the only kind of life we really want, which isn't just quantifiable, it's qualitative, right? It's a fullness of joy. So one more quote from Pope Benedict. We're going to go slowly through this. Hang with me. I know it's hard when I read quotes. I know that. 
but just hang with me. I, this is the quote this morning that I, I put down my books, I put down my Bible, and I just prayed for 20 minutes. Because I said, amen, this is, this is why I'm a Christian. In the section of the encyclical, Pope Benedict, what he's talking about is he says, no one believes in eternal life anymore. And he says, part of the reason is because science has been so powerful and done so many good things that so many people think science explains everything. And here's the Pope's response. He says, and this, this is this one phrase, just uh, arrow right to the heart. He says, it is not science that redeems man. Man is redeemed by love. Amen. No matter how good our science is, and it is good, no matter how great medicine is, and it is great, man is not redeemed by science. Man is redeemed by love. I don't know everything, but I know that that is true. Now hang with me. This applies even in terms of this present world. Right? Even in this life, that's true. Not even when we speak of heaven, but even now, that's true. When someone has the experience of a great love in his life, this is a moment of redemption, which gives new meaning to his life. You know that feeling of being in love? There's nothing better. Right? We all know that. We know there's nothing better. And when you go through life, you could have the best job. You could be someone who everyone respects and admires. But if you do not have love in your life, your life seems empty. And people in that state, they wonder if there's a purpose to their life. And then you fall in love. And everything is made new, right? Or when a child's born, maybe your marriage is in a tough spot. Maybe you don't know where you're going and a child is born and there is a new love in your life. That's a moment of redemption. As human beings, right, we are not merely biological. We all know that. That's why I am a Christian. Someone asked me in, in RCIA recently, they were talking about some of the arguments from atheists. And they said, this makes a lot of sense. I said, yeah, that's a smart argument. And then, and, you know, this one, and that's a smart argument. And there, there's this and that and the other thing. And they all make sense. But you know what science never talks about? Love. Which is the only thing in my life that matters. And so science can explain so much, but the one thing that makes a human being a human being, science cannot speak to. So love in our life gives meaning, right? You fall in love with somebody. You have a child. For some of you, you have a dog, which is disordered. No, I love dogs. 
But listen to this. But soon that person will also realize that the love bestowed upon him cannot by itself resolve the question of his life, right? Your spouse cannot resolve your life. You do love your spouse. You do love your children, but you realize at a certain point that love is so good, but it can't ultimately solve the question of your life. It is a love that remains fragile. It can be destroyed by death. The human being needs unconditional love. He needs the certainty, right? Don't you need that? I need that. I need a love that I know is not going to last just tomorrow or the next day or the next year. There's something deep in my soul that says I need a hope that is eternal. The human being needs unconditional love. He needs the certainty which makes him say, and this is St. Paul in Romans 8, neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. If this love exists with its absolute certainty, then and only then is man redeemed. That is our hope. That is what I live for, and I hope that's what you live for. What is heaven? Heaven is, is a place, because you will have a body in heaven, but much more so than a place, heaven is a state of perfect, eternal, unchangeable love. If that place exists, if there is a place, right, if you live a good life, if Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, if he is God, if his promises are true, brothers and sisters, our hope is that someday I will be in the fullness of love and joy for all eternity. In John 16, Jesus says, you will see me again, and at that time, no one will take your joy from you. If you have that kind of hope, you can get through anything. You can live in times that feel loveless. You can get through a job that's difficult. You can get through financial difficulties. You can live with disease because your hope was never an earthly hope. Right? And, and people ask about this, but brothers and sisters, this is the only way I can be a priest because I believe in heaven. 
I can forego earthly love, earthly marriage, if there is an eternal marriage. I can forego earthly pleasures if there is a joy that will not be taken from me someday. Advent is a season of hope. Hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things. And it's real. In today's gospel, you're like, why do we talk about this? I want to leave you with this this morning. John the Baptist today in Luke chapter 3 cries out, he says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his paths. Every mountain will be laid low and every valley filled up and all flesh will see the salvation of our God. Origen in the third century says, when you prepare the way, what way are you to prepare? And he says, it is the way which lies in your heart. If you have other hopes, brothers and sisters, those are mountains in your heart. Lay them low. You were not made, you were not created for an earthly hope. You were not made for a great retirement. You were not even made for a great marriage or for great children. You were created for heaven. The only hope of mankind is heaven. It is the redemption of Jesus Christ. You were not made for an earthly marriage. You were not made for a great retirement. You were not made to be comfortable. You were not made to be respected. Lay those mountains low. Destroy them in your heart. And those valleys, those valleys of despair where you say, I am not loved. My life does not have a meaning. Those are lies. No matter what's happening in your life, no matter what you're facing, you must fill up those valleys. I believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen.